When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Wilson Field at Bluebell Park on Friday night. The Texas A&M baseball team gets the season started against the Fordham Rams. BYOB, bring your own bubbles, make the atmosphere electric. A lot of home games to get this season going. Earlier this week, the starting rotation on the mound was announced. It is all left-handers that Rob Childress is going with. The one he'll send out there first on Friday was dynamic to close last season. In the SEC tournament, he threw seven and a third innings against Auburn, took a no-hitter into the eighth inning, and outdueled the top pick in the MLB draft, Casey Mize. He backed that up by starting the NCAA Regional against Indiana, and he threw six innings without allowing an earned run in that win. Rob Childress will hand him the ball on opening night. Strike three called. Zach Jackish again comes up with a big pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three, low and in with a breaking ball, and a one, two, three inning for Doxakis. Scoops, fires, do it. Texas A&M gets a dominating pitching performance from John Doxakis. 
So John Doxakis joining us on this edition of the Aggie Baseball Podcast. It's basically here, A&M and Fordham on Friday night at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park in the 2019 campaign. Is off and running with it. The left-hander gets the ball. And, John, when you know it's you officially taking the mound on opening night, that's got to feel somewhat special, that moment when you learn it. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's – when when you get to this campus, that's where you want to get to, and uh, obviously it's probably the best role to have in the pitching staff, and also the most important, just setting the tone for the weekend. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it's something I've always wanted, and I'm just happy it's here, and I'm ready to get after it. Is it a little bittersweet for the baseball team because I know you guys are all outdoorsmen, hunting and fishing, but I mean you got to put the put the rifles and the rods and reels up for a little while. You know it's bats and gloves now. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's funny because we'll like so I thought my duck season was over probably January just after New Year's because I thought we'd come back and be scrimmaging all weekend, and uh, it was funny. So I deep cleaned my gun and everything, just put it away on the shelf for the whole year, and then. Lucky enough, I got to sneak out the last Sunday of the season, so I got to go back and clean it again. But that's not a bad problem to have. <laughs> no. But, yeah, definitely got to put the guns up now. There you go. Um, going back, kind of what led you to this season, uh, I, I, it's been well documented, your performance in the SEC tournament in Hoover. Uh, you went against Casey Mize, the number one pick of the draft, and you quite frankly beat him. Now, he threw pretty well that night. You were just better. You took a no-hitter into the eighth. I mean – I talked to you about that off air a little while ago, and you mentioned it wasn't lost on you the magnitude of that night and who you were facing in the other dugout. Oh, for sure. I mean, we go into every series thinking about, at least the pitchers do, who they're going to have to match up against the starters. And so we're going into that weekend, and, you know, it's a pretty, it's a really big game. You know, we got to win that game pretty much to get in the postseason we thought and uh obviously I knew he was facing against Casey Morris I was nervous I mean he's he's probably the best pitcher I've ever seen in person besides an MLB guy or something like that but it was different actually throwing against him and so I knew I was nervous I was really nervous for the game but I just knew he was going to take more than one guy to beat us and I just had to give us a chance and uh I mean we hit the ball really well that day and it helped a lot kept a lot we'd we'd go out on defense have a quick three outs and they'd come back in and hit them pretty hard and uh, just eventually scratched out a couple of runs. And thank God that was all we needed to get by him. I mean, he's a great pitcher. And as you also mentioned, that pretty much punched the Aggies ticket into the NCAA tournament. You guys went to Hoover on the bubble, but getting that win against Auburn solidified it. You guys knew you'd be in that large team after that game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's you always still never know because mm-hmm. something could happen and, you know, it's just out of our control after that. So we like to – I mean – you never want to be in that situation. Obviously, a must-win situation going in the SEC tournament. You know, we wish we'd played better in the uh, regular season, but I mean, that some seasons that's just what it takes, and uh, we found a way to do it. If those of us who watched you all last year, and then we go to the park Friday night to see you throw against Fordham, will we notice anything different? Is it the same John Doxakis uh, mechanics pitches? Uh, Anything that might be different with you from 2019 as opposed to 2018? Uh, it'll all pretty much be the same. You know, the same attitude, same just demeanor out there, just trying to get every guy out. Uh, but I mean, we're gonna throw. I'm, we're gonna throw a lot more strikes this year as a team. That's one thing you're gonna see. Um, command the changeup a lot more instead of just the slider fastball. You know, just being able to make some that other pitch to keep them off balance. And uh, yeah, our, 
we do a great job of that, and uh, we've really been focusing on that. Mm-hmm. The rotation, it's all left-handed this weekend, and I was talking to Coach Childress, asked him if he's started three lefties in a weekend in his career. Now, he said he did it as a pitching coach at Nebraska prior to A&M, but he's never done it at A&M. So, so it's you, it's Asa Lacey, and it's Jonathan Childress, the, the newcomer, the freshman. And uh, So it'll be the first time that Coach Childress here at A&M has started three lefties in a weekend. Uh, now, Mark Johnson, the old coach, he did it back in 1993. He rode three lefties all the oh, way to really? the College World Series uh, each weekend. And Jeff Granger is probably a name you've heard in, in this program. He was one of them, but – uh, just the dynamic of that, just coming at opponents with the three lefties, uh, you, Asa, and Jonathan Childress. Yeah, you know, as much as it's three lefties, I feel like we all give a different look. Um, you know, Asa's going to be more of the power guy. He's going to run it up there 95-96, and it's firm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard. I, no one ever wants to play catch with that guy. That's how hard it is to catch. And then he's got his – slider cutter curveball change up you know he's just a pitcher he knows how to throw and Childress is he's more of the funky guy you know he's uh just really deceptive and the ball jump on you I mean he's 90 92 and then has a really good slider and curveball too along with the change up I mean they're both really talented and so as much as it's three lefties and people are like oh the teams are gonna be getting the same look no I mean that's not true mm-hmm. uh just each one of us is different in our own ways and better at something than the other and so that's how it's going to change up the looks and I, I mean I really trust what coaches put in and uh, it's going to work out really well and the staff as a whole even the guys coming out of the bullpen it's a lot of left-handers I think yeah kind of nine of them mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it seems like you guys like that coming from the left side and like you said it, it's a different lefty pretty much anyone that steps to the mound well I mean even our hitters would probably tell you is that they don't like facing all the lefties, and I don't think anyone really likes facing lefties besides Chandler Morris. He hits every lefty we have. I've heard that. Yeah, he's, he, he, he even just the, dominates. Even you and Asa, they yeah, said he could dominates the lefty hitters. <laughs> and but yeah, I remember Shu saying uh, during last week he had like hadn't gotten on base in the last ten at bats, and he goes, "Dang, Doc's like literally my last ten at bats he'd been against lefties. Like this is not fun." <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's kind of our hitters don't like it, and I mean. Hopefully the other teams feel the same way. I mean, we got some really good arms coming out of the pen. Jaws, another guy I don't like to play catch with. I mean, he's not going to overpower you. He'll run it up there 92 and 93 occasionally, but, I mean, his stuff just moves every way. Like, you never know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Weber the same way. Chris Weber, another guy that just can make it move. Um, Dustin, another guy I don't like playing catch with. His changeup fall, right? yeah. Signed, Dustin yeah. signs mm-hmm. changeup falls right off the table, and uh, yeah, it's not funny. I don't really like to play catch with anyone on our team, honestly. <laughs> and you leave that for the catchers. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. guys with the mask and the gear on. <laughs> <laughs> and every pitcher will say the same thing. Like I've been, I was catching Colson Geisler the other day, and uh, he drilled me in the ankle on a changeup that I just completely whiffed. <laughs> and I've got a big knot on my ankle. I'm like Geisler, man, I'm never playing catch with you again. As soon as you hit Weber, hit me in the eye one time slider bounced in front of the plate and rolled up my arm and hit me in the eye so he's off the list and there's one other that drilled me in the ankle and they're off the list too play yeah. catch with but yeah there's a lot of guys that no one likes to play catch with and that's a good thing yeah the colson geisler okay i mean that's that, that's a guy from my hometown and not yeah. a lot of baseball players come from columbus texas but <laughs> i mean i literally 
know and somewhat grew up with his parents. That shows my age a little bit. but I mean, So I'm glad to hear you say the kid can throw a little bit. Yeah, he's got get some <laughs> but, good stuff. But uh, you also mentioned offensively uh, Chandler Morris. He He's probably going to find a role – at the very least, DHing when the opponent throws left-hand pitching because yeah. he just has that knack for that, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. I mean, I had him 0-2, I think. And you're facing – knowing how good he hits off lefties, you're, like there's never a doubt that he's ready to swing and he's going to hit it hard. 0-2, spits on a slider down, and then I left a fastball over the plate that should have been in, and he just drills it to the wall. Like he's going to take – if you make a mistake against Chandler Morris and you're a left-handed pitcher, he's going to make it pay, like – He's going to do something about it. I mean, uh, it's funny. We kind of have this rivalry thing. Like, So Dustin versus Ch- – who has who's the best hitter-pitcher rivalry? <laughs> and so Jaws thinks it's him versus Frizz because they're room- like best friends, roommates. Yeah. And and most other people say it's Dustin versus Chandler. Mm-hmm. And so it was fun. the first – I think it was Dustin's first scrimmage here. He's pitching in the pouring rain and – no one had been hitting the ball all day, and Chandler Morris comes up first pitch. Boom, off the scoreboard. It's pouring. Like, you can't even run around the bases. <laughs> and so ever since then, we are like, dang. And so then I think he hit two more home runs off Dustin. And so that's the rivalry now. But Dustin's made a little comeback. I mean, it doesn't feel like Dustin's – they're about even, but they're about even now. Mm-hmm. But just puts emphasis on how good of a hitter Chandler Morris is off lefties. Like, he's hard to throw to. Does, do you have an Aggie who's a rival – for you when he steps into uh, the box? Hunter Coleman. Okay. 100%. Uh, it's just something about him. He does not chase against me. No matter what it is, he does not chase, and then he'll – That can be irritating. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. he'll thumb one over – like, I think he's probably four hits off me, something like that, and that they're all just dribblers or something. Yeah. I think he's hit one good ball off me, and it was caught. I hung a change up and hit it to the wall. That's baseball. Yeah, other he than can that, dribble a few through, yeah. and then he nails one, but that's an out. But, yeah, he's definitely my rival. <laughs> All right. I like this rivalry that goes on. Yeah, it's funny. you got to have something competitive leading you into opening day. Yeah. I mean, you guys – I was talking to one of the players the other day. It's, it's like a football player says they're tired of hitting each other in mm-hmm. practice. They want to see a different opponent. Yeah. It's probably about that time for you guys. Yeah, I mean, our <laughs> – I think our hitters are tired of facing us, and we're tired of facing our hitters because they're good. And uh, you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. Mm-hmm. Olsen Field at Bluebell Park, you know, well, maybe we're biased, but we believe it wholeheartedly. I, mean, I don't know if you can find a better college baseball venue in the country. And, look, we play in the SEC where a lot of the venues yeah. are really good. But you you got to put Bluebell Park at the top. If you were a pitcher for the opposing team and you had to face that chant when when they get wild and the ball five and the ball six is going i mean yeah are you so glad that's on your side and if you ever had to face it how would you find your way out of it because we've seen opposing pitchers quite rattled mm-hmm. that thing's gotten to 11 and 12 before the count. <laughs> yeah uh i mean even in the dugout hearing it you're nervous. I mean, you'll ask the hitters. Like, I've heard Shumake say again, I don't like hitting when that's going on. Yeah, he it's has just, said that. He it's has. just so distracting, and uh-huh. I can't imagine being that pitcher. Uh, I mean, I would just say don't call anything but a fastball and throw it right down the middle. That's mm-hmm. your best chance. That gives you a couple inches either way for it to make a mistake. Yeah. If you're trying to be perfect, you're going to run up to 12, 100%. I've even thought a coach or an infielder may go talk to the pitcher. 
Yeah. I've always thought maybe that's not a good move. Just let him throw a pitch well, as quick as t- possible. What are you going to tell it. the pitcher? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to tell? Because the, the chant's still going while they're talking. Yeah, don't you just want to end it as quick as possible? Even if I throw something down the plate and the guy hits it, at least this is over. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can tell a pitcher. I mean, the worst thing to tell a pitcher is, "Hey, man, you got to throw a strike here." Like, obviously, that's the only thing you can yeah. tell him in that situation. I mean, you're not going to tell him, "Hey, it's going to be all right." Like, no. It's not going to work either. Uh, but, yeah, there's not a lot you can do in that situation. Yeah. For sure. And it's funny because I'm really good friends with Tanner Burns. He's the uh, Saturday guy at uh, Auburn. We were roommates this summer. And I tell him every time, hey, I'm going to tell Olsen Section 203. I'm telling him to come and get you. <laughs> and so he's every time he's like, hey, what, you still doing that? And he's, he's nervous. He's already nervous, and it's, it's pretty funny. Do you think that's what makes Bluebell Park Olsen feel so great? that the it's the connection between the players and fans. You know, the atmosphere is not manufactured. It's not like there's piped-in noise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys started the bubbles a few years back. Well, they took it and ran with it. Look yeah. what we see now. It's an organic, real connection between well, players and fans. I think when you have one of your hitters come up to the plate and then most of the fans take their shoe off and start waving <laughs> in the air, there's something there. Yeah. And so that's – one of the signs you can tell that it's definitely a good player-fan connection type mm-hmm. venue. Yeah, because we tout the 12th man here, and I know there's nine on the field in baseball, but it's a true 10th <laughs> man out there yeah, <laughs> that, that, that has sure. your back. Uh, always find it interesting with pitchers. Uh, you go out to practices, and you guys scrimmage a lot. But other than that, you get the bullpen sessions. That's mm-hmm. a big part of a pitcher's routine and prep is that bullpen session. Yeah. Now, Rob Childress is also the pitching coach. When he's with you in one of those sessions, I guess they maybe aren't all with Rob because he can be out on the field during a scrimmage. They, they usually are. Okay. Yeah. Rob Childress in the bullpen session. Is he difficult? Is he encouraging? What kind of guy do you get there when it's really just a one-on-one session yeah. with you and him? So, I mean, I've got – I used to be the worst bullpenner in the program, 100%. <laughs> and uh, – I was just always could never get the ball down in the zone, and it would drive Rob crazy. And so that's kind of, that's really how we developed our great relationship is through all these struggles in the bullpen. Because if he's not yelling at you or getting getting on you, that means he he doesn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So and there's not a guy in the pitching staff he does that with. I mean, every he's getting on everybody. Like he like really short tempered, like just make, cause I mean, it really does matter. The little small things in the bullpen that you might just throw away or not worry about. And he does a great job of making sure you don't do that and you're ready to go. Because I mean, if you can't throw in an indoor bullpen on a turf mound, how are you going to do it in front of 7,000 fans? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's, he's really serious in the bullpens. I mean, he's got his little country music going just to kind of keep him relaxed, I guess. I don't, I guess that's why he uses it. Um, but yeah, he sometimes not a very nice guy in there. But other days he'll be your best friend. Like that was a great bullpen. He'll he'll let you know when you're doing good too. So just as much as he'll let you know when you're doing bad, he'll let you know when you're doing good. So he's got music going. Do, yeah. Do you at all get to pick a playlist, or is it all no. Rob Childress' Texas, favorites? Texas Texas Red Dirt station on Pandora. Do you like Texas Red Dirt music? Yeah, it is. okay. So it's mean, my favorite. So if you're a guy that. Like Dustin, like that stuff, you're going to have to just do it. <laughs> like Dustin <laughs> Signs, he loves the rap music and stuff. I mean, I've never heard him complain about it, but I can just imagine trying to pitch and being a guy that hates country music. And Robert O'Keen's on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just as much as, like, when I go in the weight room, I want the same thing playing, but every other guy in there is like, no, we want Travis Scott or 
future something like that you know i'll let him do it but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, rob could be more difficult to deal with in a bullpen session than maybe on game night on friday night when you're pitching yeah because he'll, he'll tell you firsthand he's not gonna when it's bullpen we're breaking everything down we're fixing mechanics but he'll literally say in the bullpen all right after today just when you're out there on thursday or friday whenever you're pitching don't even think about it he's not going to bother you about it and I mean, he'll give you a couple reminders if you need it, but he he's usually doesn't really associate with the whole mechanic side of thing during the game. He just tells you to go out there and compete, and that's I like that a lot. Now, growing up for you, uh, a lot of your pitching coach role dealt with your dad. That mm-hmm. uh, your your dad Dean, you know, hailed as the pitching guru. And uh, what's something? Your dad taught you about pitching that when you left high school and went to college, you could take with you. I mean, obviously, you're going to go into a program where Rob Childress wants things his way, but you could take from dad and go into A&M with that long time, not just father-son, but pitching coach-pitcher relationship from him on into A&M. Yeah, so that that was honestly a really hard transition because you've been told one thing your whole life. And you think it's right. I mean, you once you have something, you, if you don't believe in it, what are you doing, basically? And so I came in freshman year, like, thinking I had everything perfect and all that stuff, and it wasn't. I'll be the first one to admit that. And we, me and Coach Schill just butted heads a lot. <laughs> and uh, so it got to the point where I just finally had to listen to Coach Childress or else it wasn't going to work. And so basically the biggest thing he had me work on was uh, being on top of the ball more and so it wouldn't – it would start, I guess, running down more and instead of running up and away because I'd leave a lot of pitches up and away. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I didn't want that type of late life. I wanted it, like, shooting down and away. And so the biggest thing was just getting over my front foot and being balanced before I went towards home plate, honestly. And that all just came from a lot of practice in the bullpens. And he would have me sit there and hold my leg for three seconds before I went to home plate, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, like, he would be he would be like, all right, at any random time, I'm going to tell you to stop when you get to the top of your leg lift. Every time he would do that, I would stop and fall over towards home plate because I was so used to, like, lifting my leg and going. No, wait, this is Dad or Rob? Coach Childress. Yeah, once you got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making you stop, holding yeah, the leg. Okay. Just holding the Not, I mean, it's not that exaggerated in the game. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I'm very quick-tempoed and stuff like that. But it's just a little hold at the top that sets up all your timing for – better delivery and getting to a better hand position at the end and so that was the biggest adjustment I made it was really hard but I mean that's what I'm saying when he was on you every bullpen that's what it was about and uh just being because that led to being more consistent and being able to repeat my delivery which has helped a lot too mm-hmm. all right well it's here you ready yeah. <laughs> you ready to go <laughs> it's, been, it's been a really long off season yeah oh well weather hadn't always been that great but uh you guys have been able to get outdoors yeah not the best of weather preparing for the season but it hadn't hampered the prep too much so we've made that commitment as a team it's like no matter what the circumstances is we're going to be out there on the field Mm -hmm. and like that day that cold front blew in and it was freezing like we were all bundled up out there and hitters are hitting bp and like i think shoe put on the either shoe or blom put on a playlist that was all about cold like songs from frozen the movie and stuff like that and it created just a really like should have brought my kids to practice no, yeah, honestly it created a little let it, let it go yeah let yeah let it go you and then build a cold as ice stuff like that 
but it created a great atmosphere and set us up to have a really great practice and that's one thing we've committed to this season is just being able to compete in any circumstances and uh, we think it's going to take us to the next level all right well we're excited it's here good luck against fordham this weekend and on to the season on into the season uh, we'll talk with you again john thanks for the time yep thank you john doxakis right here on the aggie baseball podcast look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.